This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Annual Pass. Again, this is the place where we share our love of theme parks, as well as some news about the world of amusement and things going on in theme parks. I'm your host, Jack Batillo, and as with me, as always... It's Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeff. How are you going to make me smart about theme parks this week? Well, Jeff, we have a fun episode today. We got some cool news. Our friends over at Universal have some cool information going on. And today, Jeff, we are talking about Jurassic Park River Adventure, which is one of my favorite rides. It's a fantastic theme park attraction based around a property, which I guess most of the theme parks are you know based around properties. But anyway, it was one of the first really, really well done movie tie-in rides and we'll get into that in a little bit it's going to be a good one hey also don't forget if you're listening to this right now thank you so much it really does mean the world to me that you're listening to this and hopefully you enjoy this passion project of mine and i'm going to keep doing it as long as people listen if you want to give us a review that would be great over on itunes and all those other places you hear podcasts follow us on twitter and instagram at annual underscore pass and if you want to email us you can email us at annual pass at roosterteeth.com also grab some merchandise because we have shirts. We have really cool shirts. I love our logo. I love our logo. It's so cool. I feel like it's a it's a symptom of our company where the the logo is better than the content. It's a really... <laughs> it, the shirt's better than we deserve. We bat above our average in our merchandise department. Those guys, yeah, uh, yeah all of them are fantastic over there. So we have shirts up in the store right now. Ultimately, I want to get like fanny packs and we, we have a this achieve like waterproof hoodie kind of thing or a water resistant hoodie. That would be perfect for an annual pass hoodie because it's light and it's waterproof. And if you take it to a theme park, it'd be great to throw in a bag when it starts raining because it, it always rains when you go to theme parks. And anyway, we'll get into that stuff in the future. And I, you know, hopefully, hopefully people grab some more stuff and support the podcast and ultimately come out to a live show when we start doing that again. Hey, speaking of that, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. I know this, this isn't a proper segment or anything. I don't want to crowbar into your show. And I certainly don't want to throw you off. It's OK. At the last that, second. You're here to throw me off, Jeff. That's that's the whole point of view. I was thinking about you over the weekend, mm -hmm. and I came up with a question that I, I was genuinely curious to ask you on or off the show. But since we're on the show, I'll ask you. We're on the show. Yeah, go ahead. In the before times or like mm -hmm. before the pandemic. BC, before COVID. Before COVID. How many times a year, non-work related, right? Just mm -hmm. like if you, you know, you had your way, it was a decent year, you had enough time off, money wasn't necessarily an issue, you made a lot that year, whatever. You didn't have a lot of obligations outside mm -hmm. of work. So you were able to kind of vacation at will. Yes. How many times in an average year would you try to attend a theme park? I'm assuming you're talking like Disney, Universal. Or Six Flags or like whatever. Anytime you go to a place where you can get on a ride and eat cotton candy and, you know, shoot a water gun at a milk bottle or whatever, you know? Bare minimum three times a year. Okay. More likely at least once a quarter, possibly more than that. And not only that, but last year, the plan was last year in January, we talked about this before, I bought an annual pass to Disney and Universal in Florida in January of last year. And then we went and locked down in March. <laughs> I, at that point, I had literally five trips booked to go to Florida between January and August. And I did that January trip. Katie and I went to, to Orlando with some friends, had a great time. And then the next trip, I think, was planned for April. And all of them got canceled. Dang. Yeah. I mean, we went to lockdown in mid-March and Literally all my, all the trips after that were canceled. So, uh, but I I had five trips on the book before August, and the plan was to go even more than that. 
this is also sort of I, I was ramping up my theme park it you know going to it so like it's, you it's, were you were accelerating your fandom exactly like uh, unfortunately right around the time that yeah yeah but previous to that you're, you're like four times a year is a lot that i would put yeah. i would say that that puts you in the upper echelon <laughs> of uh, i don't know amusement park fans yeah. what, what do you guys uh call yourselves i don't know is there a theme park fan name like is there a vernacular for that the someone who themies. is a like a park head? I, I don't know what you would uh, call someone. Cotton candy heads or uh, I don't know. Tweet at us. Let us know what you what what the name of a, a theme park attraction person is called. Like someone who would go to a theme park a lot. What What is that called? It probably exists. If not, we should definitely coin the phrase and then take care of it. <laughs> yeah, we should coin the phrase and then put it on a shirt. And, then, like, <laughs> and from there. I would say that's probably like top like five or six percent of the world yeah um, i don't know about that there, there's people i mean like locals like people who live in orlando they i mean if, if you live in orlando or anaheim somewhere near a theme park it sort of becomes like oh let's go there this weekend okay oh yeah i i have heard about people like to live in california who go like every weekend well i mean that's the reason why they have limited the amount well they've actually canceled annual passes for yeah. disney in anaheim because well you you, you picked the right name for this podcast <laughs> Now that annual passes are going away, we should call it annual past. We should. It's not too late to change. It. Well, I'm, I'm figuring now like people are freaking out about annual passes. So they're like, they're just Googling annual pass and they're going to stumble into our podcast. So that works out pretty well. OK, so, Jeff, I've got some news for us. We're recording this on April 6th, 2021 and releasing it a month later, May 6th. 2021. So some of this is old news, but I want to hit some top level stuff, some important things and why what we're excited about right now. For example, today, Universal Studios Orlando announced the VelociCoaster is opening on June 10th. So we are about a month away from the grand opening of the VelociCoaster. That is the brand new double launch twist turn metal looping coaster at Universal Islands of Adventure in Orlando. I've been watching this thing being made for the past almost year, it feels like. And they are finally they finally announced an opening date, which means Probably right now, I'm guessing a month in advance, I'm guessing in May right now, there's probably some form of soft opening, which means there are probably humans on it right now riding that attraction. And then they'll do the big grand opening like it's officially open, but they have to still work out some like loading kinks and sort of how, you know, making sure everything works properly. So I'm excited for this. OK, two things. One, I have a question, but I'm going to wait to ask that because I know it's going to take you off on a tangent that's going to take me too far away from mm -hmm. my point that I was going to make, which is and uh, you can take this as a good or a bad thing. But when you were giving me that speech about the new roller coaster, uh, I guess giving all of us that speech, right? You're releasing it. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, I'm talking specifically to you, but the audience is also listening. For whatever reason, I was locked into you sitting at like the Tonight Show table a la Jay Leno, like reading the cue card uh, cutouts of hey, uh, funny, uh, like funny newspaper headlines. It was uh, like in a good way. So, uh, <laughs> well, let's bring out the dancing Edos. Here we go. <laughs> That's a joke that no one's going to get. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, my question was, uh, you said it's called Islands of Adventure. Yes. Does that mean that the new roller coaster is on its own island and you have to like hop from oh. island to island to go to different oh, roller coasters? Oh, Jeff, you sweet, sweet summer child. So Universal Studios Islands of Adventure was built around themed islands. So, you know, like Disney World, Magic Kingdom has themed lands like Tomorrowland, Frontierland, Fantasyland. And every theme park is kind of broken into sections, right? Mm -hmm. So Islands of Adventure is broken into islands. So you've got Marvel Superhero Island. You've got Comic Strip Island. You've got Jurassic Park 
world island, Harry Potter land. Like it's literally separated as as islands. There's bridges to cross into like the new lands. So did they just build the those plots of land up and then flood the place? Or do they build it on a swamp? No, no. They, they, they dug a giant lake and then built it all up and then filled the lake. Uh-huh. And then they stocked it with fish and turtles and birds and stuff. Ah. And so there's a whole Jurassic Park area. It was actually the Jurassic Park area was it's great. We're talking about this today because we're talking about Jurassic Park River Adventure today. And so Islands of Adventure opened up sometime in uh, May of 1999, I think, or May or June of 1999. And the Jurassic Park River Adventure is one of the opening attractions there. And now it's it's been one of those things that hasn't really changed a lot. That whole area hadn't changed too much. They added a King Kong attraction on kind of like just the far edge of it. They kind of like wedged it in. And then Harry Potter kind of started taking over the other half of it. And now they dropped in this brand new Velocicoaster attraction, which looks incredible. And I'll send you a trailer of it. And holy crap, dude, I can't wait to put you on it because are you I haven't asked this, but are you cool with roller coasters? Are you are you safe on roller coasters? Do you like roller coasters or are you terrified of roller coasters? I'll be honest with you, Jack. I don't know. Really? As a kid, I was super, super into roller coasters and scary stuff uh, mm-hmm. uh, well into my 30s. But then I had two experiences later in life that uh, I went bungee jumping with Gavin once uh-huh. and I didn't expect to be scared to bungee jump and I almost couldn't do it. I was so petrified, Wow! which really caught me off guard. And then a couple years ago, we were in London for an event and I was with another coworker of ours, Matt, and he and I took that little like bubble tram, uh, like gondola, yeah, not, yeah, like air gondola over the Thames over to where the O2 is, you know, and we got about, I don't know, 50 feet in the air and I got terrified. Really? And I looked at him and I was like, I just became scared of heights right this moment <laughs> and we like it was I, it was hard for me to get back on it to go back across the river and i've been i think i'm scared of heights ever since then i don't know why maybe it's like an old age thing maybe in my 40s like mortality kicks in but yeah so i i honestly don't know historically no i've never been scared of anything like that but currently i dude we'll find out well here jeff let me, i'm posting in the discord just a click on look at look at that image right there oh <laughs> that's in my throat right now that's what my throat feels like that oh this is for this is the Velocicoaster. this is the brand new attraction they, they just announced is opening june 10th what that is right there is called a top hat jeff so the way roller coasters works is they're all about gravity and that is the second half of the attraction where you launch out of a tunnel and go straight up that that top hat where you go all the way to the top of it and then crest it and go back down and your momentum carries you through the, the second half of the attraction it looks Exactly like and just as ridiculous as when a cartoon character gets hit on the head with a mallet or an anvil and they have the <laughs> they have the bump that that comically raises. That's what that you just showed me. And it yeah. looks like it's more that it's like oververt, like it comes yeah. back in on itself. It does. It looks like it goes down to probably about, I would guess, 80 degrees, maybe 75 <laughs> degrees on the way down. Yeah, but. It's I'm I'm so pumped for this one, dude. I've been watching again ride walkthroughs or, you know, people watching their ride and everything. I haven't I'm not going to watch a a ride through like a lot of people will film themselves on roller coasters or attractions. This is one I want to experience. I've watched it from anywhere. I would assume you could walk around the park and see it. I've watched Mm -hmm. videos of that because I'm like anyone can do that. But actually, I want to experience it myself for the first time being on the actual attraction. So anyway, that's opening up June 10th. 
and hopefully we can uh, we can sneak on and, and give it a little righty ride. Uh, okay. I mean, there's a, what is this? April sixth. Yeah, I'll say it's easy to say yes today. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of things opening up, Universal Hollywood opened up. Uh, they're opening up actually on the 15th, so they're opening up next week. But they put up a reservation system where you have to have a reservation to get into their park. Disney's been doing this now for a while for all their, their parks in Florida. And Universal followed that sort of path in order to open up Hollywood because there's going to be limited capacity when they reopen, they start reopening things. So California has just lifted the ban on opening up theme parks and, and they've raised the sort of safety levels and it's okay. So Disney's opening up later this month or they just open if you're listening to this live. Universal put a reservation system up and just blew up their site. Like they, they had a very, very small number of reservation windows and uh, it, it was flooded immediately and broke their site. So Jeez. needless to say, people are craving going to theme parks again. And so hopefully this podcast is landing at a, an appropriate time. Hopefully people are uh, excited for it and can listen to this and maybe get their uh, their fill of theme parks while they're waiting to go back to one. That's That was the goal. Yeah. The initial goal of this podcast was to have this podcast in your ears while you're waiting in line for a ride. So hopefully, like when you're in line waiting for Jurassic Park, the ride or uh, Jurassic Park River Adventure, you can listen to this podcast and then be like, huh, I learned some interesting things. I'm going to go sit on the uh, on the raft now. Here we go. And then ride the ride <laughs> just like that. If I want someone to say, here we go. When they actually sit down, that's going to be hard to time. I know. You know what you got to do? We have to. Who says here we go? Do we say here we go or do they say here we go? I think they say it. It's it's part of the the, the give and take with the community. They've got they got to play along. Yeah. Because I was going to say we could just say uh, randomly throughout every episode. Here we go. And just hope we get lucky. Yeah. Just nail it. Yeah. I mean, we also talked about I pitched the idea to you, Jeff. I don't know if this will be something we'll do anytime soon. But, you know, when you go to a museum and you get the, those walking tours where you put on headphones and it's like press number one to hear about Van Gogh's painting here and you yeah. press it and it tells you about it. I don't know if we've talked about this, but I want to go to like Universal Studios and I want you and I to stand in a specific spot, like on a corner, and then you and I will stand side by side and record a little mini podcast where I explain what we're looking at. So the idea is you put your headphones in, hit play on that, and you could literally stand exactly where Jeff and I were standing. And then you can listen to me explaining stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool, right? Is that super dorky or is that cool? You're going to create the official annual pass like walking tour. Yeah, yeah. Audio walking tour. I, it's adorable. Well, you should do it. And then we can get those little flags that the tour groups carry around, have a little AP yeah. logo on it. Look, dude, it only sounds like work for you, so I'm all for it. <laughs> all I ask is that you join me once a week to record this thing. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. go ride some roller coasters with me and try not to throw up on me when we hit high points. I'll attempt to ride the anvil bump with you and we'll see how it goes. All right. And last in news this week, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Disney YouTubers, this guy named Mickey Views, Brayden over at Mickey Views. And he just posted a fantastic video of him walking around Epcot. So Epcot has been under some serious construction right now. It's hitting its 40th anniversary this year, October 1st. And they're trying to get ahead of the curve and tr they're trying to finish all of this work that was supposed to be done over the past year, but COVID has really wrecked everything. So right now, Epcot is going through some massive renovation and innovations west. So uh, we talked about this before, but there's basically two kidneys behind the big golf ball that is Epcot, that is Spaceship Earth. And the one on the right, if you walked around to the right of the Spaceship Earth, is now entirely gone. So, oh, somebody stole a kidney. <laughs> did they just leave a, a bathtub full of ice? They did. They did. So, Jeff, if you find any photos from you going to Epcot 
for your first time ever. And you see the big building. There was like a big uh, Coca-Cola cool station. That was okay. I don't know if it was there in 82, but they, they had a bunch of really neat stuff on that side on Innovations West. That building is entirely gone, leveled to the ground now. Innovations East still exists, is no longer Innovations, but that's where Mouse Gear was. That's where Electric Umbrella was, which is uh, one of the larger restaurants inside of Epcot. That's gone. They're adding a new counter service location there to do food, quick food. And it's it's all it's all it's all going to be different. So I'm thinking in the next few months they're they're working on pathing and stuff now. But Epcot next year, like a year from now, is going to be so wildly different than what it looks like right now. And I can't wait to see how it changes. I can't wait to see how excited you're going to be. <laughs> I think most of most of our of, of, of us going to theme parks is me excitedly pointing at things and yelling at you and you just looking at me and just like. Wow, what a nerd. No, no, I mean, it's it's going to be pure joy to watch you be purely joyful. Oh, that's sweet. So anyway, that is all of your news for this week's episode. This month delayed news as we do. <laughs> we'll catch but, up at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so June 10th, though, that's the big one. Velocicoaster, June 10th. Mark your calendars right now. That's going to be the big one. This episode of Annual Pass is brought to you by Gabby. Don't you think you deserve the best? I know I do, especially when it comes to car and home insurance. That's why I put my policy to the test with Gabby. It literally stands for get a better insurance. That's clever. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same exact insurance coverage. Gabby is the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers all in one place. If you've ever wondered if you could be paying less for the exact same coverage, this is a dream come true. That's right. Your dream is coming true right now. Use your current insurance information to get started, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. I know I set it up. I dropped in my insurance that I'm currently using on my car and my house because I did one of those deals where if you have both, you get a discounted rate. And I just typed it in, put in my information, and it's like, here's a bunch of easier and better and cheaper ones that you can have. And I was like, oh, well, that's a whole thing I'm going to have to figure out now because uh, I'm getting better rates through Gabby. And you should probably check it out if you've got a, you know, a car or a house or both or one or the other. It's, you know, just just give it a shot. So Gabby customers save nine hundred and sixty one dollars per year on average. That is money in your pocket and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. Now put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Just go to gabby.com slash pass. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash pass. Gabby.com slash pass. This episode of Annual Pass is also brought to you by the Rooster Teeth store. Hey, let's take a minute and talk about the Rooster Teeth store. Have you guys checked it out lately? It's the best place to go if you want to grab your annual pass merchandise. I know I've got three of the five possible variants of the annual pass shirts. There's the ringer one and there's four different colors. You should just go ahead and grab one because it actually supports our show directly because I can be like, hey, look, a whole bunch of people bought the shirts. We should make, I don't know, fanny packs or ponchos. I want to make ponchos and I'm not going to stop yelling about ponchos until we get poncho annual pass ponchos in the store. Also, I want a flat brim hat. Can we make that happen? Can you guys can you guys ask the RT store to uh, make a flat brim annual pass hat? That, that would be great. Uh, you can get shirts, 
hoodies, hats, and tons more from your favorite Rooster Teeth shows and brands right now in the store. And keep an eye out in May, or uh, this month, because we're in May right now, for our biggest and best pride collection ever. So why not head over to store.roosterteeth.com right now to start your shopping? You know you want to. It's, it's pretty much the best. Grab an annual pass shirt and hat. No, we don't have hats, but ask for hats. Ask for annual pass hats at store.roosterteeth.com. I think they're at the RT store on Twitter. Yell at them. Say, like, you want more annual pass merchandise? I've gone way over on this. Hey, let's get back to the episode. Okay, Jeff, it's time to talk about Jurassic Park River Adventure. Okay. Jack, would you do me a favor? What's that? I know we both know how much endemic knowledge I have about Jurassic Park River Adventure, but... My goal is to be a proxy for the audience. And so let's okay. could you could you present to me Jurassic Park Water River River Adventure? River Adventure. River Adventure. Or Jurassic Park the Ride, if you want to call it that. Or Jurassic Park the Ride, which is also what we in the know call it uh, mm-hmm. in the vernacular. Of course. Would you uh, <laughs> pretend like I am an, uh, but, a, but, but a babe in the woods when it comes okay. to knowledge of the Jurassic Park Aqua Adventure? And I don't know the ride, and I don't mm-hmm. know anything about it. Completely ignorant of right. the Jurassic Park water show. It will be tough for me to sort of pretend that you know nothing of this attraction because you right. are just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Jurassic Park, the ride slash river adventure. Well, I like to I like to hang my hat on it, Jack. Yeah, they call him uh, Jeff Jurassic Park, the ride Ramsey. Yeah, <laughs> not as much as they used to, but yeah. Anyway, Jurassic Park River Adventure opened June 21st, 1996 in Hollywood, California at Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, This includes a 51-degree, 85-foot drop at the very end of the attraction with almost a 50-mile-an-hour speed you hit on a giant outdoor raft. The actual attraction was in development before the movie was even filmed. So, obviously, Jurassic Park came out. The book came out, which most of you don't know. Jurassic Park is based off a book, Michael Crichton book. Steven Spielberg very quickly picked up the option to make it into a movie. And he was working pretty closely with Universal Studios at the time. This is before DreamWorks and Spielberg kind of left. But Spielberg was working with Universal Studios and he was saying, hey, we should do a ride for this movie I'm working on this based off this book. It's a fantastic thing. It's dinosaurs. It's excitement. It's adventure. We should do a ride on it. And initially there was going to be a whole Jurassic Park kind of land. There was going to be a uh, like a Jeep adventure, like a Jeep runaway thing. Kind of similar to the Indiana Jones ride, I would imagine that ended up happening at at, at, uh, Disneyland in California. But um, ultimately, the engineers at Universal decided, why don't we base a ride around the water portion? There's a large section of the book where they talk about a water tour, like a slow moving water tour where dinosaurs were on the banks of the river. And they're like, why don't we take that and turn it into an actual attraction? And then, of course, things don't go right. Things go things go poorly, blah, blah, blah. Excitement, you know, adventure, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they also liked it, too, because they could base it loosely on the movie that was still being made and not have to worry about getting exactly to the narrative that the movie was going to take, which is Smart. Right, which is a, a point I'm glad you made. Uh, I was going to make sure you made that. Thank you. Uh, continue. You're, you're doing a great job. Okay, thank you. So in 1996, they opened this thing. So they started working on it. I want to say they started developing it back in like 94, 93. I forget exactly when. Guess how much money in 1996 this thing cost to build, Jeff? Well, it would be f- unfair for me to guess because I know the answer. At was, the time, it was the most expensive Theme park theme attraction, park ever, attraction built. ever built mm-hmm. is what it was at the time. And it, and it cost. <laughs> I don't know if that's still true or not, but I don't think it is. We'll say it together. Uh, inflation. It, it cost one hundred 
110 million million dollars. Yeah. 110 million dollars went into the development and building of Jurassic Park the ride. And I'm getting a little bit mixed up here because when I was doing my research on the ride, I found the original Universal Studios theme park website from 1996. And my God, this thing is beautiful. It's welcome to Universal City (laughs) has these great, you know, old school banner ads, like animated little GIF thing. We'll post the link to this, the archive.org version of this on on our Twitter annual underscore pass. So you you can see it yourself. This is the epitome of mid 90s websites. I know I had a GeoCities page that looked very similar to this with the faded backgrounds. And I'll be honest with you. It doesn't look that dissimilar from the first Rooster Teeth website. If I'm <laughs> being honest, wasn't. I made it. Yeah, it's pretty great. But uh, you can actually go there and look up some facts about the uh, Jurassic Park, the ride. Like even on this, like the side I have here is like now open. And it has some interesting little like tidbits and trivia and stuff. God, I'm, I'm loading this website now. It's just so good. So good. There's a there's a movie, too. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. So it opened. It was one hundred ten million dollars. And it's still to this day, one of the best movie tie in attractions ever it's great also um the grand opening at jeff goldblum and steven spielberg were there for the grand opening they lit a torch and jeff goldblum was dressed up like malcolm it was really great and uh the rumor goes that spielberg at the so the the end of the attraction is a big splashdown you know like a a massive kind of like splash mountain kind of splashdown okay rumor has it that spielberg made them stop the ride at the top of the ramp and he got out before the drop because he didn't want to go down it oh i don't know you think that's true a guy who captures childlike wonder so well <laughs> doesn't want to get a little wet on a ride. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I mean, he's Steven Spielberg. He can pretty much do whatever the hell he wants. He's the it's creator true. of the blockbuster. So. so, Jeff, let's take a ride through the Jurassic Park River Adventure. OK, so you start out, you get in a big raft, a big yellow and red themed around Jurassic Park raft. It's I want to say five rows wide, holds 25 people. It's uh it's really nice. This like you know very hard plastic get in it, sit down. Well, it's you start with 25 people. I assume uh, yeah. throughout the course people will be eaten. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. you'll notice too that the seats are typically wet, which is quite exciting. Yeah. You know, the people get off the ride and it's like they leave the seats wet. It's like, "Okay, here we go." Uh, this is a water attraction too. I don't know if I if I mentioned that before, Jeff. Well, I mean, obviously I knew, but uh, I'm sure the audience appreciates you <laughs> clarifying. So you go, you get it, you get on the raft that starts off. It's kind of sort of has that feeling of what you would feel at an actual Jurassic Park theme park. And you go up a little lift hill that kind of puts you into the like the lagoon, this, the the pathway throughout the rest of the attraction. It's a slow floating ride. Is it a clicky hill? Does it go like click, click, click? Yeah, click, yeah, yeah. Click. Oh, I love those. Clicky hills are the best hills. Not too high. It just goes up a little bit just to put you in there. And immediately the thing that strikes me is the music. They, they kick in that Jurassic Park, those sort of, really soft melodic Jurassic Park music which is John Williams's best stuff some of his best work ever Mm -hmm. and it immediately puts you in the mood and you're surrounded by this fauna and flora it's supposed to be it's supposed to feel like Puerto Rico because the movie takes place you know and and Isla Nublar and you're immediately transported there which is one of those things I love and this ride does a really good job of making you feel like you've gone somewhere else so you round a corner you've got the the beautiful voice I think it's Richard Kiley doing the the VO for it and you go through the big Jurassic Park gates. That's right. That they open up in front of your boat as you pass through, and you see the big arch that says Jurassic Park, and you go through, and you say, "What do you? What do they got in there? King Kong?" And then you go through. It's a nice, beautiful attraction. You're surrounded by some of the largest animatronics ever. You start off an Ultrasaur Lagoon, which has some really, really pretty, uh, like long-necked dinosaurs that kind of arc over your boat, and they're chewing on stuff. 
And it's like, wow, nice. And there's water everywhere. Music's playing. You keep going. You go through Stegosaur Springs where you see these cute little Stegosaurs playing with the water and they're trying to splash you and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's that's funny. That's nice and adorable. And then uh, you, you notice like, hey, there's there's some compies, those little small oh, yeah. little biters. And they're yeah, like playing yeah. with a popcorn box. And it's like, ah, oh, what? That's that's funny. Wait, that's okay. That's odd that they're just out and about. Compies, they're like the gremlins of the dinosaur world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're no fun. One of them would be annoying, but like a hundred of them would be scary. Yeah, 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 Then you move on to Hadrosaur Cove. Hadrosaurs are those ones that have the, uh, or I think is it the Parasolophs? I forget the name of it. But anyway, you go into Hadrosaur Cove. You're looking for these Hadrosaurs, and boom, a dinosaur pops up and knocks your your raft off course, Jeff. You're off course. You're not uh -oh. going to the nice peaceful area. You're not going into Hadrosaur Cove. How did the dinosaur? How did that happen? Because the dinosaur this is a dinosaur. It's it's you know you can't control nature. Somebody didn't follow Proto. No, and it boom, it pushes you off course. And yep. now what's that? Oh, it's the Velociraptor pin, Jeff. The Velociraptor pin. I tell you what, I'm looking at. I'm looking to the left and I'm looking to the right, and I'm thinking one or both of these people is probably not making it through this ride. <laughs> And you can see the you can see the palm trees and the Velociraptor pin. They're moving. There's something in there, Jeff. They're they're mm -hmm. they're they're excited. And then you round another corner, and then there's a boat. There's a raft like the one you're on, and there's stuff strewn all over it. And it looks bad. Like something got to it. It is eating it. And if you went on opening day, there was a pair of Mickey Mouse ears floating in the water that disappeared very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a fun little Easter egg. Someone, so one of the uh, the engineers threw in there. They're like, oh, we should get rid of that. So there are some there are some great photos and video of like uh, the early early ride throughs of it. But anyway. Yeah. Then you see like a Dilophosaur pops up with a big old like fan around his neck, you know, and it's spitting acid at you, Jeff. It's acid, but really it's water. Don't worry. And so then you round another corner and you see like uh, Grant Wood with Lex on his back. There is a there's a truck dangling over the side of a big thing. And there's a T-Rex up top. And, you, know, you don't see the T-Rex, but you hear it. And there's a truck dangling. Do we know anybody scary. in the truck? No, we don't know anyone in this truck. Not our problem. Moving on. We're going near it. And oh, my gosh, the truck, it, it slips. And it falls right next to our That's boat, and it almost crushes us. It almost crushes us, Jeff. But instead, we get splashed gently <laughs> by water. That seems super dangerous. It's pretty, pretty impressive thing, actually. Uh, and so a truck falls down the side, and then you're like, oh, God, and you're freaking out. But then, oh, we're going to go into the building. There's a big engine building, you know, I-N-G-E-N, -E the, the guys who make Jurassic Park. you got to go into the facility here. Maybe we can escape. Maybe we can be safe in this building. And then you start going up a clicky ramp, Jeff. The click, 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 click. Yeah, you start yeah. going up the clicky ramp. And uh, you notice around you there's pipes, and it looks all industrial, and there's smoke, and there's klaxons blaring, and it's like, oh, this, is, this doesn't feel safe at all. Then a, a freaking velociraptor. Ah! Ah! It, it pops out of the side and like it's it's swinging at you and there's sparks. <laughs> it's scary, Jeff. What did he sound like? Ah. Ah. Okay. Thanks. Then you 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 go around a little bit more and then all of a sudden a T-Rex bursts through the ceiling and breaks some pipes right above you. A giant T-Rex. What does he sound like? He's like rah rah. Okay. Yeah, rah. Very similar. He sounds a little bit like Burgess Meredith. <laughs> exactly. I think okay. he actually did the voice of the T-Rex. So the T-Rex pops down and the klaxons are going bonkers and you, everyone's freaking out. You hear voices screaming like, get out of there, get out of there. And there's more Velociraptors that are on the side and they're all they're all upset that you're hanging out in their, in their hangout pen. And then you round a corner and there's a waterfall in front of you and they're like, you need to escape, get to the evacuation slide. And you're like, okay. And it's like right in front of you. And so you go up a little ramp 
from behind the waterfall, a giant life-size T-Rex bursts through and screams at you and goes to bite you and just before it bites you, down the evacuation slide you go. You go down that giant's 85-foot drop. There's a photo that takes of you as you're falling and screaming at the top of your lungs because you're escaping from a T-Rex and boom, splash down. You hit the water, you spray water everywhere, and then, oh my gosh, you have survived Jurassic Park River Adventure. You did it. And if, if you look as you're slowly going towards the exit, the can of Barbasol that Nedry had, you can actually see it on the side of the wall where someone had uh, someone had dropped it off. Ah, uh. Yeah. And so you exit, you go through the gift shop, the Jurassic Outfitters. You can get your ride photo that, you know, has you and all of your friends. And yeah. Wow. And that's it. That is Jurassic Park. The ride as told from the opening of it. I got to say, Jack, that was a pretty thrilling recitation. And uh, you did a really good job. You got about 90% of it right. I'm not going to point uh, out the few little flaws you got here and there because I don't think it's important Important to nitpick. Important. I said important at some point. I will say right before the emergency raft, you said velociraptor like it was the first time you'd ever read that word. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. Okay. I don't know about you, but I would like to ride this thing now. I know. It's an actually a really, really great ride. So the, the really impressive stuff for the animatronics in it are literally life-size dinosaurs. They are massive, massive dinosaurs. They spent millions and millions of dollars on developing these animatronics because they're outdoors in the Hollywood heat or in the Orlando yeah. humidity. And they live out there forever. And the skins they put on them, obviously, is like this latex that is special. They painted them all. And... It's impressive, dude. The the whole thing is really, really impressive. The drop at the end is really clean, real smooth. The T-Rex at the end, they actually had to lift in with a helicopter. So there's footage of them flying in this giant T-Rex. They dropped at the top of this attraction and bolted it in place and everything. But it is a gorgeous, gorgeous animatronic. Over the years, they have uh, updated like small bits and pieces of things. The Orlando and the Japan version of Jurassic Park River Adventure, instead of the car falling off this side, they actually have a Velociraptor cage and it shakes around and then drops about a foot right above your raft, like as you're going underneath it, which is really freaky the first time you do it. Oh, that's awesome. The big news about Jurassic Park River Adventure is on September 3rd, 2018, the Hollywood version actually shut down. They closed down Jurassic Park River Adventure and reopened it on July 12th, 2019 as Jurassic World The Ride. So they have redone a few different things at the very beginning of the ride now. There is a Mosasaur area, which is the giant water lizard yeah. thing, you know, you see in, in Jurassic World that like jumps up and ate the T-Rex and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. they have a thing where you pass through that and there's these giant HD screens on either side that makes you feel like you're going through an aquarium. They've reworked it. Chris Pratt's in it. Apparently, B.D. Wong is in it and Bryce Dallas Howard are in it like their voices are. You see Chris Pratt, though, like towards the end. He's like, stay in your boat. We'll take care of you. Also, they added in the Indominus Rex. So he pops up towards the end. And there's actually now instead of the T-Rex trying to go for you, the T-Rex shows up and yells at the Indominus Rex. And they have like a little thing in blues there as well. Like they basically are distracting the Indominus Rex so you can escape. Which is a, a kind of a cool take on it. And, and they also went through, redid a lot of the audio. They fixed up some of the animatronics because, I mean, the, the ride's a little old in the tooth at this point. It's over 20 years old. So they've, they cleaned it up a little bit more. And so whether or not the Jurassic World version comes to Islands of Adventure or Japan, we don't know. I imagine probably not Islands of Adventure anytime soon because Velocicoaster opening up, there's going to be a resurgence of people hitting up 
that area of the park. Yeah. And they're going to want to have attractions still open. So the River Adventure and Islands of Adventure probably won't change for a while until things settle a little bit or maybe when they kind of hit a slow season and they can get in there and, and fix it up. But they went down for nine months to fix it up for Jurassic World, the ride. That's a pretty fast turnaround for everything you described. I mean, I, I, they were prepped for it, though. You know, yeah, they, they yeah. got it as much as they could ready before they had to shut it down. I'm sure nobody does that stuff better than they do or faster. You know, yeah, the, these these engineers are incredible. Like the Imagineers at Disney and the engineers over at Universal, like the, the, the teams that work on this stuff are absolutely insane. Um, shout out to the Theme Park History YouTube channel. Uh, I got a lot of information from them. There's tons and tons and tons of ride walkthroughs or ride videos of this. If you want to watch a video of the attraction, there's just search Jurassic Park River Adventure and you'll find tons. Keep in mind, though, the you know, the original version is different than the the, the versions that are out now. The Japanese version is a little different than Orlando. One cool thing, though, I didn't know about this until I was researching it. There is a Jurassic Park rapid adventure in Universal Singapore. So the Universal has a Singapore park and the attraction there is very similar. But instead of being like a raft, a front facing raft, it's one of those circular rafts where you kind of like it's like, you know, 10 people or whatever facing each other and it spins around as it goes. So it's the same kind of attraction, except it's a circle raft. So you kind of every time you ride, it's a little bit different because you're facing a different direction. So that's that's interesting. I was just about to ask you if there are any additional Jurassic Park property like theme park rides or if this is it. Um, well, I mean, obviously, Velocicoaster is coming up very soon, right. coming up next month. Yeah. Um, there is the Pterodon Flyers, which is a kind of a kid's attraction at Islands of Adventure. It's one where it's, it's you go up to sort of a tree house and sit down and just sort of flies you around the Jurassic Park area. It's not really like a thrill ride or anything, but it's it's kind of neat. Um, there is Triceratops Encounter, or there was, excuse me, there was Triceratops Encounter where they had a giant elephant-sized Triceratops animatronic where they had a handler who would explain what the Triceratops was, was like and what it, like, you know, basically you would go and they treat it like a... Um, like you would see at a, a zoo. Yeah, like you're watching a bird show or yeah, a, yeah. Yeah, a seal show or something. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was taken out a long time ago. And now I think Velocicoaster actually lives where that used to live. Now there's a Velociraptor encounter, which is the same sort of idea. You can go get a photo with Blue, and they have a very realistic-looking Velociraptor animatronic. Or it's it's more of a puppet animatronic kind of thing. And you can go get a photo, and they have like a baby one, too. It's pretty cute. And that one lives directly across from Velocicoaster now. Like, literally, there is a path going from the Raptor encounter to Velocicoaster, which is kind of neat. Like, the idea is, like, they move them back and forth in between the pins. Like, when the yeah. park shut down, they've got gates and stuff that open up. So, uh, yeah, that's Jurassic Park River Adventure is one of my favorite rides. It is a water ride and that's not everyone's bag. But sometimes if you're in the heat of Florida and you're like, listen, I'm just let's put all of our stuff in a locker and just go get soaked on a ride. And I'll be honest, unless you're in like the front row, you're not going to get terribly wet on this. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people avoid water rides for that reason. But, you know, it, it is quite nice to um, actually cool off every now and then with some water from the uh, the ride. So you think you want to ride this one with me, Jeff? Yeah, dude, for sure. I'm, I'm all about water rides. All right. Well, there's another one. There's uh, Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw Falls. That hot, fresh Dudley Do-Right property. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you, well, you and I, when we go through Islands of Adventure, there's some stuff in there that's a little bit old now, definitely feeling worn and dated. And then uh, I, I know I get a kick out of it. and I think you will, too. But one of the cool things 
that uh, I will say that Jurassic World did really well is we talked about the Halloween kind of conversions of some of the parks they do. Yeah, they do. You know, Halloween Horror Nights is a big thing for Universal, and they've done some really cool Halloween Horror Night stuff themed around Jurassic Park, including like weird mutated people that are part dinosaur, part human. And they've actually done uh, like horror version, not horror, but like scarier themed versions of River Adventure before. Like they'll kill certain lights and have different noises and stuff. And it's kind of neat that they're, you know, they're, they have the ability to, to rework a ride and actually do that stuff. So. That's pretty cool. It's like how they yeah. like they Halloweenize maps and video games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's neat. Yeah. But anyway, that's it. That's all I got for Jurassic Park River Adventure. If you had any cool experiences on that attraction or if you worked there and have any cool information, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram or email us annual underscore pass on all the socials and all that stuff. I'd love to hear. I love hearing stories about people who work at these attractions. So if you work there, which at this point, it's been over 20 years. This thing's been around. I know we've got someone listening to this podcast has probably worked there at some point. Please share some stories. I'd love to hear some. And that being said, I'm going to start reaching out to people that we might be able to do some interviews during some of these, some of these uh, walkthroughs of rides and stuff. So uh, I've got a friend who worked at the ET adventure and I've, I think I've convinced her to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about her experiences working there. So that should be fun. So yeah. you get a little, little inside information for people. So if you want to join us for an episode and you've got some fun stories about a ride you worked on, feel free to email us annualpass at roosterteeth.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, we still don't know what to call Jack. So if you know, That's true. Uh, let us know. All right, Jeff, I figure we should wrap up today's show with some Q&A from the audience. I got some questions for us. We didn't have time last time during Great Movie Ride because I just talked so freaking much. But this time, I figure we can go through some questions. You cool with that? All right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got one from Mark Donica, who's at Mark B. Donica on Twitter. If you could visit any park at any period, when and where would you go and why? That could be fun. Where where would you go? Like, if you could, like, I mean, obviously being there for like opening day of a park would be pretty awesome. Like being there opening day for me for like Hollywood Studios or at the time Disney MGM Studios, I would love to do that. Or, you know, being at Disney World opening day. Yeah, Disneyland opening day, like the very, would, would probably be pretty cool. I hear that the coolest of all the theme parks, and, and I've, I don't even think we've talked about this. This is just something I've heard on my own in my own research because I also am allowed to know stuff about stuff too, <laughs> uh, not just you. But I hear that the, uh, the water Disney over in Japan, Disney Seas, Disney yeah. Seas is the coolest theme park out of all theme parks. So I guess, uh, maybe anytime I could go to that safely would be, that's where I would want to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I told you on the first episode of this that, uh, that Ben, our producer speaks some Japanese and right. we're all going to go to Japan. Yes, I, I totally remember that now that you yeah. mentioned it. The whole point of this podcast is for you and I to get Rooster Teeth to pay for us to go to Japan <laughs> and go to some theme parks. Well, That's the, the entire reason we're doing this. Not really, but mainly I like talking about theme parks and giving myself an outlet too. So it's okay for it to be a reason. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a nice little sub reason. There you go. It's a bullet point underneath the the main reasons. Did we get your answer? I mean, I've seen some great images of, from the opening of of Disney MGM Studios. And I think that would be my one. Okay. The actual park itself opened pretty thin. There was, it was like it was kind of a half day park when it first opened. But if I brought my knowledge of like if I brought my knowledge now to then to experience it firsthand, I think that would be pretty badass. I would really like to do that. That's okay. my go-to. Disney MGM Studios, which is now Disney's Hollywood Studios. I saw a great photo today on Twitter of the uh, world's largest hidden Mickey was at Disney MGM Studios. They actually made one into the ground. It's in front of the Chinese theater, the great movie ride, and a lake and on top of a building. It's the, it's massive. It's like hundreds of feet. 
And if you flipped your park map upside down, you could actually see it on the park map. And even today, you can see part of Mickey's, you can see a smile in his ear and like one of his eyes, but they've reworked the park where it doesn't exist anymore. So, huh, that's crazy. It'd be kind of cool to be like, stay in there yeah. and be like, oh, I'm right here. Now that I'm thinking of it, I actually went to Disney MGM not terribly long after opening. So, that <laughs> was, it wasn't opening day though. I would like to go for opening day. All right. This is a question for you, Jeff. Kevin Martin, who's just testing 429 on Twitter, says, do you think Meow Wolf will ever compete with Disney or Universal in the theme park industry? Do you want to explain what Meow Wolf is, first of all? Interesting question. If you're not familiar with Meow Wolf, they're a, uh, a really brilliant art collective in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They got their start, I guess, more. I, I don't think this is where they got their start, but they got their most notable or they rose very quickly to infamy when they took a, a bowling alley. And I think with a little bit of help and funding from George R. R. Martin, actually, mm -hmm. they yeah. turned a bowling alley into a place called the, I think it's called the House of Eternal Return. Yes. And it's a giant, like they built a two-story house and then a whole multi-level world inside of this bowling alley that you can spend 10 hours walking around and not see all of it. And it's a puzzle and a story, but it's an unfinishable, unsolvable puzzle. Yeah. That just kind of like as much time as you want to spend exploring is, is as much you can get out of it. Like it's, it's a limitless amount of stuff to find, but I don't think they think of themselves that way. I think they think <laughs> of themselves as more about like experiential art, you know? Yeah. And so I, I'll say this, they're doing really well. They opened up a, an exhibit in Las Vegas. Oh, it's open now. Vegas and Denver, they're opening. One is open, the other one's not. I'm not sure which is which, but I think the Vegas one is open. Yeah, Vegas was close. I don't know if it was open yeah. yet, but we actually shot a, a show there. If, yeah. you're, if you go to RoosterEath.com, you're a first member over there, which supports us directly. Uh, we have a show called The Weird Place, which we actually shot in conjunction with the, the team over at Meow Wolf, and it was a lot of fun. Going there is really cool. If you can go there safely soon, check out the House of Eternal Return. It's it's gorgeous. Santa Fe is a cool city. And uh, I would love to see their take. on. I mean, yeah, because you can't really say that it's a theme park. The actual attractions like the, the you know, House of Eternal Return isn't really a theme park. They're certainly theming on another level, like the way yeah. they handle it is really, really cool. And I could see them maybe doing something within a larger park, mm -hmm. maybe like, oh, this is like the Meow Wolf attraction where they do something with like universal or somewhere like somewhere cool, somewhere yeah. that would, that would kind of take on the weirdness because like you said, like you could go in there and just read and read and look up stuff. And it's so fascinating. And the, some of the things they do are really and cool. Just explore and look at the, yeah, art and like it's like a grown up playground kind of, you know? I mean, I, I would be shocked if all, I mean, cause there's so many artists who work on that stuff. I'd be shocked if no artist who's worked in there has not worked at another theme park or has worked on a theme. Oh, park I'm sure. Like, I'm sure because the engineering that goes in behind some of that stuff is incredible. And yeah, I can only imagine some of that talent has drifted over into other realms, including theme parks. So great question, though. Yeah, it is. And, and whatever whatever Meow Wolf does in the future, uh, I assume that it'll be rare and unique and different than anyone else and awesome oh, yeah. because of that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for those questions. If you have any questions like that, you can email us annualpass at roosterteeth.com or just hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, annual underscore pass. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, grab a shirt in the store right now. Because I can use that to be like, hey, if we sell some merchandise, we can make some other really cool merchandise. And like the more stuff you guys grab, the more stuff that supports us directly. And we can point to it and be like, hey, we need to make more things because people like it. And I have some fun ideas, but I, I need y'all to. I, I, it's just so weird because we're not even public yet. Like I'm talking to no one. Because like, think about it. Think about it like G.I. Joe and Transformers, right? Yeah. Like the toys were way better than the show. True. True. The shirt's way better than the than the podcast, but that's OK. It's, it's a cool logo. Yeah. 
It's a cool logo. Grab that from the store. Um, if you can, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify, iTunes, all those places. Uh, make sure to go to roosterteeth.com and follow all our other all of our other stuff we do as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Jeff, do you yeah. feel like you learned something today on today's episode of Annual Pass? I feel like I learned something every time uh, I talk to you about theme parks, buddy. Oh, well, that's super nice of you. Thank you very much. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Next week, this is going to be a fun one, Jeff. I'm actually really excited for this one. Okay. Next week, you and I are going to talk about Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> Okay. Which do you, do you know anything about that ride? No, I wasn't aware that that was a thing. Is that similar to the video game they had where you sh- would- Oh, Revolution X? No, yeah. no. Not at all. It's it's a roller coaster. It's a cool coaster. It was the first inverted coaster in any of the Disney parks. Huh. But we'll get into that next week. It's one of my favorite roller coasters at Disney World. It's a blast and it's also in Disneyland Paris. But we'll get it we'll get into all that stuff next week on the next annual pass. Thank you so much for listening, Jeff. Thank you for being here and being my co-host. Absolutely. See you next time. We love you guys. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.